You're listening to the Design Your Dream Year podcast, a place where we discuss all things mindset, manifestation, self-healing, and development to help you create the most fulfilling, freeing, fun, and abundant life possible. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, friends. It is Allison from Wonderlast.com, and holy crap, are you in store for a crazy, crazy episode today. I just returned home from Costa Rica. Literally last night, I got in at like 12 a.m. midnight, so I guess that's technically today. I got in this morning, um, but I went to Costa Rica, and I went to Rhythmia Life Advancement Center for a week to participate in four ayahuasca ceremonies in addition to other wellness activities like yoga classes, breathwork classes, massages, meditations, etc. And holy wow, it was a life-changing experience. And I know that people often use the term life-changing pretty loosely, but I really do mean it literally. My life is literally 100 hundred percent changed for the better. And I'm a completely different person now than I was before I left. And I experienced this past week, literal full blown miracles while I was there. Just incredible. And I am so, so, so excited to share my experience with you, which is what I am going to be doing in today's episode. But first I just want to throw out four lovely little disclaimers. First, this episode is going to be a little weird and (laughs) very different from any other of my previous episodes. You are probably going to be listening and you're probably going to be thinking to yourself, uh, is this girl crazy? Did she go off her rocker? She lost her marbles. Um, So if you're a new listener, first of all, welcome. I am so, so genuinely excited to have you here. But just know that what you are tuning into today is not my normal type of episode. So if you would like something a little less woo and a bit more concrete and businessy, then I have got 73 other awesome episodes for you to check out. But if you have got an open mind and you're ready to hear some stuff that's probably going to sound pretty darn crazy, then I invite you to stick around. And this goes for all of my amazing return listeners as well. This episode is going to be much different than the previous uh, 73 episodes, so just keep that in mind. And secondly, this episode is also going to be much longer than my normal episodes. On average, uh, my normal episodes tend to be around 15 to 30 minutes, but this episode will likely be at least an hour, if not more, maybe even two hours. I'm not sure. I didn't really like, you know, do a test, a test, test run through or anything like that. And I have a lot to share. So it's going to be quite a bit longer than normal. Uh, So feel free to listen to the entire thing all in one go or to split it up over the course of a day or two or three. And then thirdly, Rhythmia, which is the center where I chose to have this ayahuasca experience. Uh, They're not paying me to share my experience, nor did they ask me to share my experience. I'm not being sponsored. I'm not being paid. I'm simply sharing this experience because it has completely changed my life. And I know that there are people out there in my audience who this can also help. And it's just you know, completely changed who I've become. It's a big part of me now. And I have to, you know, I want to be open and honest and candid so that you can just get the raw, authentic, you know, behind the scenes of what has been happening and what has happened to me. So Rhythmia is not sponsoring this. And then lastly, I do want to say that 
Ayahuasca is a bit of a controversial subject. Uh, it's more controversial than anything I have ever talked about before uh, in my business, online, on this podcast, and emails. Um, and if you don't know what ayahuasca is, I'm going to be sharing that in just a second, so hold tight. But it is a bit of a controversial subject, and I realize that not everyone uh, that is listening is going to agree with it, and that is 100% okay. We are all on different journeys with different beliefs and experiences, etc. But what I'm sharing today is something that is extremely personal and it's very raw and I am very raw right now. And so if you decide to listen to this episode, which I hope you do, then I just want to ask you to please be sensitive and respectful. Don't send me messages or comments or emails telling me how my soul is damned or how you are going to try to save me or how you're going to unfollow me because, you know, you can't follow me because I've lost my way because I've already gotten a few of those types of messages. And I do respect all religions, and I greatly, greatly appreciate the intention behind those types of messages, but those are not uh, messages that I will read or respond to. So if you don't agree with my experience or, you know, the journey that I went on, that is completely, totally fine. Like I said, you don't have to listen, but if you do listen or if you need to unfollow me, I completely understand, but please just don't send me those types of messages. Cool? Sweet? Okay, I'm going to assume you said yes. So I went to have this ayahuasca experience because um, I had seen and read literally hundreds of stories from people who just had incredible experiences of healing, uh, healing and life-altering experiences. I would read hundreds and thousands of stories about people getting healed from addictions of all kinds, traumas of all kinds, even traumas that you forgot about because you suppressed them when you were just a little kid. I read, I had read tons of stories of people getting incredible clarity and insight into their life, uh, stories of people experiencing real physical healings, which I experienced so much of. Oh my goodness, stay tuned for that and so much more. And honestly, I don't, I don't even know how I originally discovered ayahuasca in the first place. It just kind of got on my radar about a year ago. I don't remember how, but I had kind of just been researching it, researching it a little bit. And lately, probably for like about, oh, I don't know, like the last year maybe, um, I had honestly just been feeling a little bit like I had lost my zest for life. Um, I felt tired no matter how much sleep I got or how healthy I ate or what supplements I took or what exercise I did. I just felt completely mentally and physically drained. I was waking up in the morning and I was having a really hard time getting out of bed because I just wasn't excited, but I couldn't pinpoint why. I didn't know what was wrong. I just felt so off and very heavy and extremely, extremely sad. And I went into the experience last week with a lot of sadness. Um, so basically, when I was 15, my mom passed away. And she had gotten leukemia back in the early 90s. I want to say it was 92 or 93. She got leukemia and she made it through that. Um, but it had completely destroyed her immune system. And so in November of 1998, when I was 15, yes, giving away my age, don't care. <laughs> um, but in November of 1998, she got a cold, just a common cold. 
And over the course of two weeks, uh, that cold had turned into full-blown pneumonia, and that pneumonia turned into a fungal infection in her lungs, and that fungal infection caused her lungs to collapse, and she was on a breathing machine. She couldn't breathe without it. And this all happened over the course of about two weeks. And I remember my dad, um, I think, you know, his mom and just all the relatives kind of came together and they decided that they were going to take her off the breathing machine. And this was actually on Thanksgiving in 1998 that they made that decision. And so, uh, you know, before they did that, we all went into the room and we all kind of just went up to my mom. You know, she couldn't speak. Um, she was pretty unconscious. And she was very sedated. And we all just kind of had the opportunity to go up and tell her that we loved her. And I remember, you know, I was 15, I was a teenager. And at the time, I was extremely self-conscious. And I had a very hard time expressing my emotions and saying the words, I love you, for whatever reason. And during that moment, I could not go up to my mom and tell her I loved her. Like, I went up to her and I kind of touched her but I couldn't say the words, I love you. I remember I saw my sister do it. I saw everyone do it. I couldn't get the words out. And, you know, shortly thereafter, she passed away. And I had just so, and I'm, and by the way, I'm probably going to cry during this episode. So bear with me. Um, like I said, it's very raw and real. Um, but after that moment, uh, I just had so much, obviously deep sadness that she died but just a, such a deep visceral sadness that I missed the opportunity to tell her that I loved her. And I had so much guilt around that, like insane guilt, insane guilt and sadness. And so that was something that has deeply affected me. And of course, there are other things which you will discover as we go through this episode. But that was a very pivotal moment in my life that deeply, deeply affected me. And so for the last 21 years, um, I had been carrying around an immense amount of sadness and guilt. Plus, of course, there were other things that happened too, like I said, uh, that had caused sorts of trauma, things that I didn't even realize that I had or even remember. So I decided to go to Rhythmia to take the ayahuasca journey because I knew that I needed healing. I was sort of just at my wit's end and I knew that something needed to change. And I had been, like I said, reading all of these experiences and stories from hundreds, if not thousands of people just having completely life-changing healing experiences. And so um, I actually um, listened to Catherine Sinkina of Manifestation Babe. If you don't know who she is, she's awesome. She has a podcast called the Manifestation Babe Podcast. And she went in December and I listened to her episode and I knew immediately when I heard it, I knew immediately that I had to go. It was no question. I booked the same week. I booked within days of listening to her episode because I was like, this is what I need. Like my intuition is telling me to go. So that's kind of the lead up. But now what the heck is ayahuasca? You might be listening to this and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Allison. Are you talking about food? Are you talking about a beverage? Like, is it, what is it? So what is ayahuasca? Well, I found a good explanation of what it is, and I took it directly from the Healthline website, so I'm just going to read that. But ayahuasca, and I'm probably going to butcher the words too because there's some like crazy long words, but just bear with me if I butcher them. But ayahuasca, also known as the tea, the vine, and la purga, is a brew that is made from the leaves of the Psychotria viridis shrub, a plant, along with the stalks of the 
Banisteriopsis capivine, probably butchered that, um, through and other plants and ingredients can be added as well. So it's a brew that is made from two very specific plants. And then sometimes, depending on the brew, because there's different types, other plants can be added in as well. And this drink was used for spiritual and religious purposes by ancient Amazonian tribes and is still used as a sacred beverage by some religious communities in Brazil and North America, including the Santo, is it Dame? Dame? We're just going to go with it and assume it's Santo Dame. Traditionally, a shaman or a curandero, an experienced healer, uh, leads the ayahuasca ceremonies prepares the brew by boiling the torn leaves of the two plants, which I'm not going to repeat again because I'm sure I butchered their names, um, but they are the ones who prepare them. And the uh, the vine, the Banasteriopsis capi vine or whatever it's called, uh, it's cleaned and it is smashed before being boiled uh, to increase the extraction of its medicinal compounds. And then when the brew has been reduced to the shaman's liking, the water is removed and reserved, leaving behind what is just plant material. And this process is repeated. It's a lengthy process until a very highly concentrated liquid is produced. And then once it is cooled, the brew is strained uh, to remove any impurities. So that's what it is. But how the heck does it work? Like, what the heck does this thick brownish colored plant, plant brew do? Well, how it works is... The main ingredients of ayahuasca, the two plants that I'm not going to see again, um, but those two plants both have hallucinogenic properties. So the first plant, the vine, uh, which is one of the two main ingredients in ayahuasca, that plant contains DMT, which is a natural chemical and a psychedelic substance. And your body actually naturally produces this chemical all on its own. However, it has a really low bioavailability. And so you typically don't experience its effects because it gets really rapidly broken down by the enzymes in your liver and your gastrointestinal gastro in there's a lot of big words in today's episode it gets broken down in your liver and your gastrointestinal tract there we go so you you don't experience it because it gets broken down and so for this reason the dmt has to be combined with something that contains what is called mao inhibitors which allow the dmt to take effect now the super interesting part is like i find it super interesting is that there are only two major times in your life where you actually experience the effects of your body's own DMT because it produces it naturally. And those two times that you experience it are when you're being born, like you're literally in the womb and coming out of it, and when you die. So you do technically experience DMT because it's a chemical that is naturally created by your body, but you only experience it when you're being born and when you die, or if you have a true near-death experience. So by taking ayahuasca, you're essentially getting to experience what people experience when they die. This, this stuff legit takes you to another higher dimension, uh, one that the majority of people here cannot see or experience all on their own. And it is recommended that you never, ever, ever take this stuff on your own, or in the wrong setting, like a random person's basement or at some random person's house who got the their hands on the ayahuasca because a bunch of different factors 
like who creates the brew, the blessings that are put into the brew by whoever is serving it, the setting that you're in, the intentions that you come in with before taking it, etc. All of those factors are very, very important uh, and they will affect your entire experience positively, negatively. And having attended four ayahuasca ceremonies in the last week, I can tell you that I would never, ever, ever, I'm waving my hands around, I would never do it anywhere but Rhythmia or somewhere like Rhythmia. So Rhythmia is the place where I actually went to last week to have this experience. It's in Costa Rica. It's like a beautiful, warm paradise over there. And it is a licensed licensed medical spa. And it's got doctors and it's got psychologists on staff, on the grounds at all times to make sure that everyone is safe. And honestly, there's never been an incident. And there's been around 8,000 people that have gone to Rhythmia so far. But they do take it super seriously. So they're always there standing by. And in addition, they have lots of shamans that are there to guide you through your ayahuasca journey. And Rhythmia is absolutely freaking lutely amazing and it's all inclusive it's a completely all inclusive experience because remember all of the little details really affect your ayahuasca experience so when you stay everything is included and it all works together it's like all these little puzzle pieces that perfectly work together so when you stay there all of the food is included and it is incredible food oh my goodness so good i'm going to miss it so much the food is super tasty it's extremely healthy the entire time i was there i legit had zero cravings while i was there i normally crave coffee i normally crave chocolate i normally crave baked goods like there's no tomorrow but i didn't even have any coffee while I was there. I didn't need it. I didn't really even want it. I had zero cravings the entire week, which was amazing. Um, but they also include like a massage, two rounds of colonics are included, morning yoga classes are included, meditations, incredible breathwork classes, plant medicine integration and preparation classes. And when I say plant medicine, I'm referring to the ayahuasca That's because that's what it is. It's a plant medicine. And so they have plant integration and preparation classes so that you know a little bit about what to expect and how to prepare for the ceremonies and then also how the heck to make sense of everything after you do it because after it after you do it you're just left thinking like what the heck just happened (laughs) crazy stuff happens and the entire place is just in this beautiful safe setting it's all you know it's a gated community it's got you know fences with barbed wire around it or walls so you're completely safe and you also just have unlimited access to a pool a gym a hot hot and cold hot and cold salt water pools, uh, volcanic mud baths, there's a steam room, the beach is nearby, you can either take a shuttle to it or there's bikes there that you can use to go bike down to the beach. And I've also got to say that the staff there are just so beautiful. They're the most beautiful, caring, and kind people. They'll frequently remember your name. Even if, even though there's like 80 other people there, they will call you by name and they are just so warm and they're so caring and they're so friendly. So Rhythmia is the name of the place that I was at, and I'll be mentioning and linking to some resources towards the end of this episode so that you can check them out, and I'm going to include them in the show notes and aka the blog post if you're listening to this on my blog. Okay, so (laughs) that is kind of the introduction of what ayahuasca is, what Rhythmia is, and why I did it. But are you ready for things to get really freaking weird? I'm talking holy crap, is this for real? And has this girl gone off the deep end? Kind of weird. 
Are you saying yes? Are you saying yes? Are you saying yes in a weird voice? Okay, <laughs> so here it goes. So I arrived to Rhythmia on Saturday night, February 8th at like 1030. Um, and like I said, there were four different ayahuasca ceremonies during the week, and those were on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. So on Sunday, the day after I arrived, there was some free time, and there was also some, uh, there was an orientation class, and there was a breathwork class on Sunday evening, and they were all geared to prepare you for what was to come. And all I got to say is, wow, if you have never done a breathwork class before, all I can say is it is really transformational and healing. And this is, of course, something that you can do for free. And you can experience really similar effects during breath work that you can experience on ayahuasca. So it is definitely something that I'm taking home with me and doing every single day. And even if you choose never to do ayahuasca, uh, this is something that you can still do and you can get incredible, incredible benefit from. So I highly recommend uh, just kind of learning about it, you know, go on YouTube and look up uh, breathwork classes or, you know, something to that effect and you're going to start finding resources, but it's completely transformational. But basically you do this particular breathing technique. It's a particular pattern for 45 minutes straight with your eyes closed the entire time. And you're really just relaxed and you're really just focusing on the breath. And during those 45 minutes, all sorts of stuck energy and emotions can start to come up and out. Like for me, when I first arrived at Rhythmia, remember I said I was arriving with intense, very deep sadness over my mom, in addition to a bunch of other things. But that was like one of the biggest things for me. And so at some point during the 45 minutes of breathing, I wasn't even thinking about my mom or anything sad. My mind was really clear. And all of a sudden, I just started bawling. Like it was just all coming up and out. And I was just crying and I'm trying to breathe and whew, I'm working it through it. And then at the end of 45 minutes, you hold your breath for as long as you can. And at this point, it's going to be way longer than you think. You can easily hold your breath for up to three minutes, which is just crazy pants. And it's during this time where you're holding your breath where you might see visions, you might see a loved one, you might experience an aha moment or an insight. And for me, I kept seeing a fox, like a fox was sitting down in front of me in this beautiful mountain setting. There were flowers and bushes and greenery, and it was just sitting there and it kept looking over its shoulder and it wanted me to follow it. Like I just knew that it wanted me to follow it and it would start trotting forward and it was looking back at me and it wanted me to follow it. And this happened several times. I saw it happen several times and I had absolutely zero clue what it meant. Uh, and keep in mind, this was before I had a single drop of ayahuasca. This was purely just breath work. So after the whole breathing, the breath work class, which is like an hour, like close to an hour and a half, I was really confused about the fox. And so I asked one of the shamans what it meant. And he told me to just go Google fox totem. And so I did. And here is what fox totem means. Literally, if you just Google it, it'll say, the fox totem usually comes to you when you are about to undergo a period of change, especially one that is tough and unpredictable. The fox urges you to act swiftly, but be guided by your wisdom and intuition. 
the fox spirit animal teaches you to be resourceful and flexible if you want to emerge victorious. Now, when I read this on Sunday night, I was just plain confused and I had zero clue what it meant. Honestly, I was a little bit nervous because it said something about change and it being uncomfortable and how I was going to need to make a decision quick. And I was just like, oh crap. Okay, cool. <laughs> but as you will hear here in a little bit, I would see this fox again later on during the week and it would all make perfect sense. And the part about it saying that I was about to undergo a period of change and that it would be tough and unpredictable was 100% true because doing the ayahuasca ceremonies was truly the hardest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. It was extremely tough, but I experienced immense change for the better. So it like completely like predicted what was about to happen. So that was Sunday. Moving on to Monday, the day of the first ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, each of the ceremonies start at 5.30 p.m. and they last around or lasted around 1.30 a.m. in the morning. So they were a good eight hours with the exception of the fourth and final ceremony on Thursday night, uh, Thursday evening, which lasted from about 7.30 p.m. on Thursday evening until 9.30 a.m. Friday morning. Yes, it was an all-nighter, but we will get to that one later. So it's Monday, and I'm mentally preparing for the first ceremony, and I have zero clue what to expect, so I decided to just drop all the expectations. And at Rhythmia, they recommend going into the ceremonies with three very specific intentions and to go through them in order because remember I said earlier how the intention that you set and that you go in with is extremely important and it's going to, in fact, it's going to affect your entire experience. So the three intentions that they recommend going in with in order are number one, show me who I've become. Number two, merge me with my soul at all costs. And number three, heal my heart. And they basically say that if you go in with these three intentions and they're answered for you, then every other possible question that you have or intention that you had will resolve itself and be answered. Because a lot of times people will go in with expectations of very specific things that they want answered or to have healed or whatever it may be. But they say, go in with these three intentions because if these three intentions get answered, it will resolve anything else that you could possibly want to know or to have healed. Now, just another little side note, at Rhythmia, they believe that when we're born into this world, we have our soul. We're born completely whole. Uh, we're a whole human being. But at some point, usually between the age of when you are three to six years old, we get disconnected from our soul. As people start pounding their usually limiting beliefs on us, as we start having experiences, as we begin to face traumas, big and small, we get disconnected, disconnected from our soul. And so that is why merge me with my soul at all costs is intention number two. And they also have a saying at Rhythmia that's what's coming is going, meaning the ayahuasca basically releases anything and everything that is no longer serving you. Uh, I'm talking about beliefs that are not serving you, quote unquote, negative emotions, whatever those are that you might have buried inside you, sadness, anger, resentment, guilt, unworthiness, like all the things that we consider to be negative emotions. Um, it releases mental and physical ailments, etc. But in order for those things to be released, 
you have to feel them first. You have to experience them first. So for example, uh, once you take the ayahuasca, if you begin to feel intense emotion arise, because it will, uh, like sadness, for example, then that means that sadness is what is currently being released. Um, ayahuasca is basically like a doctor that, think of it this way, ayahuasca is like a doctor that removes all of your life trauma and baggage, but as it is removing those, it's like performing a celestial surgery on you, as they call it. As it is removing those things from you, it shows you what is being removed. And so what is coming is going. And they tell you to focus on that anytime there's discomfort. And so as you're going through the ayahuasca experience, when discomfort arises, because let me tell you, it is extremely uncomfortable uh, off and on, you're supposed to just lean into the discomfort. You're supposed to go to what's hard. The more you do that, the faster that whatever you're experiencing is going to pass and it's going to be released from you. So when you feel something like anger arise, for example, just know that the anger is what is being released from you, but you have to feel it first. So you have to just lean into it and be grateful for the feeling because it means that that is what is leaving you. Or for instance, if you're feeling extremely nauseated because you're often going to feel very uncomfortable physical symptoms, you're supposed to just relax and breathe and be grateful because that means something within you is currently being healed. So during the ceremonies, to help you work with the plant medicine, aka the ayahuasca, you're also supposed to constantly be asking yourself, how am I feeling? So that you can identify what's coming up. And then from there, you're supposed to ask, do I currently feel this way in life? And try to identify, yes, in most cases, it's going to be a yes. And then from there, you're supposed to ask, when was the first time I remember feeling this way? Uh, try to pinpoint when the very first time was. In many cases, it's going to be something from your childhood when you're really little. Sometimes you'll know what it is. Sometimes you won't. Uh, but when you ask these questions, it's amazing. You're going to get immediate answers. You're going to be shown what, what, where the thing came from. And then lastly, uh, you're supposed to ask, how, is, how has this shaped who I've become? And like I said, when you start asking these specific questions, you're going to get shown the answers. It's uncanny. It's basically like a voice. They call it um, Mama Ayahuasca, the spirit of the plant. She will literally answer you. You can ask a question. And for me, and I know a lot of other people, it sounds like your voice. Like if you're talking to yourself in your head, that's what it sounds like, but you're not controlling it at all. You will get it. You will get, you will get an answer, a very clear, uncanny, specific answer. It'll take you back to your, whatever the time in your life was that the trauma came from. Sometimes you'll see it visually, literally, you'll see it and experience it. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Okay. So it is 5.30 PM on Monday and I arrive at the Maloka, which is where all of the plant ceremonies take place. And a Maloka is just an ancestral longhouse used by the indigenous people of the Amazon. And at Rhythmia, it was basically like a big hut type building and it had really large windows all along the walls that would just open up completely to the outdoors so that you really got an indoor outdoor feeling. And there were also several doors to the outside uh, where you could come and go in, in and out of. And there was like beautiful grounds. Of course, they had boundaries that they made very clear that you could go outside, um, but you had to stay within those boundaries. And there were tons of just hammocks and there was a fire outside that they call grandfather fire where you could go to release things. Uh, there were bathrooms, but inside of the Maloka, 
there were white mattresses for each person. And I think typically at this point, Rhythmia gets, I, I want to say like 75 to 80 people. And so there are literally 80 white mattresses for each person. And they each also had a, a blanket, a pillow, a roll of toilet paper, because in many times you're going to be blowing your nose, you're going to be crying. Um, and there's also a bucket for vomiting. Uh, and because ayahuasca purges you, from all the things that don't serve you or no longer serve you, literally purging is one of the ways that the medicine works. Many people will vomit. I most certainly did, which you will hear about later. Yes, we're going to get a little gross. Um, but uh, vomiting is not the only way to purge and not everyone vomits. So purging can also be laughing. It can be crying. It can be sweating. It can be diarrhea or it can be yawning. So inside of the Mloka, there's also groups of shamans and they're seated throughout the, throughout the space to kind of run the ceremony and to help people through the night. And it is seriously, oh my gosh, it is just a very magical process and they take it super, super seriously. Before you even arrive at the Maloka, the shamans have been inside the Maloka blessing the area, doing prayers and performing all of these really special uh, rituals to prepare for the, to prepare the space. So each ceremony, when you arrive, you arrive in silence. And before you take the ayahuasca, you line up in front of the shaman. There's usually, a, there is a, one shaman in particular who is basically like the leader of the ceremony. And so before you take the ayahuasca, you line up in front of the shamans and you go forward one by one and they blow a little something called rapé up your nose. And rapé is a very fine powder. It's a complex blend of pulverized Amazonian medical plants and trees and leaves and seeds and other sacred ingredients. And it's traditionally applied uh, by the shamans using a pipe that's made from bamboo and they blow it uh, through each nostril as you hold your breath. Um, and so it's meant to help ground you and to calm your mind because a lot of times you might be feeling nervous or anxious or scared. And so it's meant to help just clear and calm your mind. And it's also meant to clear your third eye. So that's how it started. I went up, um, I got my, I, you know, you kneel in front of them on this little pillow or squat and they will ask you, you know, they'll do like a little prayer. They'll put the, the rapé in the pipe. They'll say a little prayer. It's in a different language, but it's really beautiful. And they have like a fan that they use to kind of move energy. And they do this magical thing around you where they're moving the fan around you. And they ask you to, um, they'll, hold, they'll hold the pipe with the rapé up to different parts of your body. I think your heart and then up to kind of your head and they'll kind of bring it down. And as they do that, they ask you to please state your intention in your head. You don't have to state it out loud, just in your head. What is your intention going into the ceremony? And so I did that. And I went into the ceremony following what I was told to go in with the three intentions. And so the first of those three were show me who I've become. And so as they were doing the pipe in front of my head, I was saying, show me who I've become. And also I trust you completely that you're going to give me exactly what I need. So I took it, uh, they blew it up my nose. It was very uncomfortable. You hold your breath like you're underwater so that it doesn't go down your throat. Um, and like, as soon as they blow it in, you're supposed to then blow it out of your mouth, but it really burns, <laughs> but I kind of liked it. I don't know. It was weird. So after I did that, I went back to my mattress and just 
everyone is going through. And as soon as everyone goes through and they get the rapay, it's just, they call it the sacred silence. And from that point on until the ceremony is over at 1.30 in the morning or however long it is, you do not talk to any other of the people there, any of the other participants. There's no talking. The only people that you can talk to is are the shamans. And so I went back to my mattress. I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm sitting there and I can feel like my head tingling. I can feel my forehead tingling. And I'm really just trying to relax and just, you know, kind of, I'm kind of just kind of going over my intention. Show me who I've become. I'm going to get exactly what I need. I trust this process 100%. Once everyone goes through, all of the shamans then prepare the ayahuasca. And they just do this incredible ritual where they all have, I don't even know how many, there's probably 16 or 17 of them. And they've all just gone on these beautiful outfits. They've got these beads on. They've got these little, um, I don't even know what they were, like little things that make noise. Like some of them have bells. Some of them have what, I don't think they're shells, but they sound like shells clanking together. And they all gather around the table, which has the ayahuasca on it. And they start to just sing the most incredible music, again, in a different language. You can't understand what they're saying, or I couldn't anyway. But they're all like dancing and it's just, it's like chaotic music, but it's the the most harmonious harmonious music I've ever heard. They've got like harmonicas, they've got different uh, really beautiful instruments and they're all playing it and they're blessing the ayahuasca and they're blowing stuff on it. I don't know what the stuff they were blowing was. They're using their fans and they do this for, you know, I don't know, like maybe 10 minutes and they're blessing the ayahuasca. They're putting their intentions in it. And once they've done that, they stand up and they say, we will now call for the first cup. Now come together and make three lines and you line up and you go up and you make the, uh, you get, you stand in front of them and they give you the cup and you're asked to please state your intention. And so, excuse me, my throat is a little dry, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to mess up in this episode and fumble my words. I don't care. It's just going to happen. In fact, I'm going to take a quick drink of water. Um, Okay. So anyway, um, I stated my intention, which was show me who I've become. I trust this process completely. You're going to give me everything I need. I took the ayahuasca. Um, people t- people say that it, it tastes horrible. It's really not a great taste, but it's not as bad as I was expecting. It's kind of, it's very bitter and it's pretty strong and it tastes almost like rotten prune juice. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's really weird. So I took the ayahuasca. I go sit down on my mattress and I just sat there and I waited and I'm just trying to breathe slowly. And at this point, as people are going through, once everyone goes through, this is all done in silence, but once everyone goes through and gets their drink, um, beautiful music will start to play and it'll play their speakers all over the Maloka. And so sometimes it will not be live music, but other times it will be live. There was just incredible, incredible uh, bands there playing this amazing, beautiful ceremonial music. And so I'm sitting on my mattress and I'm just focusing on my attention and trying to stay very calm and relaxed. What you want to do when you're doing the ayahuasca is you don't want to, you try, you don't want to think as much as possible. (laughs) And that, you know, it's hard, but you don't want to think, you don't want to try to overthink it or come in like expecting things to happen. You really just want to go in focusing solely on your intention and relaxing and knowing that whatever is going to come is going to come. And so I was lying on my mattress and the first thing I experienced was um, I had very intense bouts of diarrhea when I first took it. Um, That was my first purge, as they call it. I literally had to get up 
and run to the bathroom and thank goodness there was no one in the bathroom. Otherwise I would have crapped my pants. Um, but that is, and I don't know how that, that happened maybe 10 minutes after I took it. So I was already starting to experience some of the effects and very, um, very shortly after that, I laid down on my mattress and all out of nowhere, again, I'm not thinking about anything in particular. I'm just focusing on my intention. I had these very, very, very intense waves of sadness coming over me. I was just bawling. I bawling. I have never felt so sad in my entire life. And remember the saying, what's coming is going. And so I kept saying, okay, what's coming is going. I'm feeling sadness, the most sadness I've ever felt in my entire life. That means it's leaving me. And I remember I just couldn't stop. And I was so sad. And I remember I was crying and I was like, one of the shamans came over. I was, I was sitting next to the shaman. Um, her name was Nadia and she came over and when you're struggling in particular, like if there's something that is feeling stuck and it's not coming out, uh, shamans will come over and they will, you know, comfort you. They will uh, use their feathers to move the energy to help unstuck it from you. They will blow stuff on you, this liquid. I don't even know what it was. I know there's something called Agua de Florida, which is something that's supposed to help, you know, cleanse you and move the negative energy out. And so she was blowing it on me. And I remember just bawling. And I just said, I remember I was saying, I said, I just want this sadness to leave. And I was crying and she did a little thing. And eventually it passed. I don't know how much time passed when you're on ayahuasca. You lose track of time. But finally, the waves of sadness passed. And then I got nauseous for a second. And I thought I had to vomit. I stood up and I did this really loud dry heave. Dry heave and it was so loud that I like startled someone next to me. And I was like, oh, sorry. Um, and I laid back down, but I didn't have to vomit. And I will say that I had an intense fear of vomiting when I got it. Okay. When, before I arrived at Rhythmia, when I booked the, um, when I booked the, I hesitate to call it vacation. When I booked the experience, I had zero qualms about vomiting. Like I knew that ayahuasca was very likely to make you vomit. And I was like, who cares? You know, vomiting's no big deal. Like I don't care about that at all. But for some reason that Monday, the day of the first ceremony, I developed an intense fear of vomiting and that's going to come into play later. But I had this intense fear of vomiting. So I didn't vomit, but then I laid back down and I began to ask the question, who have I become? And almost instantly, I began having very, very intense visions. I started, I, you're supposed to, it is recommended that you close your eyes a lot um, because it can be very distracting to look around. And so I started seeing things. I started seeing like um, sacred geometry, as they call it, very bright colors, neon colors. It was just incredible. It was like I was seeing a, it's okay, it's gonna sound real crazy. It's hard to explain. But it was like I was seeing like a dream city and it was all black, but it was outlined in these crazy, beautiful colors and shapes. It was the weirdest thing. And I'm asking who I've become. And I could start to hear myself talk and I, I wasn't really controlling it. So that's the thing. The spirit of the plant, Mama Aya, as they call her, will talk through you. And I began to talk and I began to... Um, I began to talk in these weird patterns of like going over my schedule and like going over my agenda. And it started to, I started to hear selfish, selfish, self-focused, uh, self-focused, obsessed with having an agenda and wanting what I want and wanting what I want now. And I, so I'm like hearing myself talk in my mind, but I'm not controlling it. And it's, it's telling me selfish, selfish, self-focused agenda, agenda, not letting go. And then all of that began to lead to, uh, 
I don't want to waste time. And if you've listened to my podcast before, you've heard me say many times probably that my biggest pet peeve is wasting time. And so I'm going through these cycles and I'm saying to myself, I I don't want to waste time. Uh, And then I went through the cycle again. It's like she was pounding it in me. Selfish, selfish, selfish. You become selfish. You become self-centered and selfish. And you become focused on your agenda and obsessed with your agenda and control. And then it would all lead to, that train of thought would all lead to me saying, but I don't want to waste time. And once I had gone through that cycle, eventually when we got to the part where I said, I don't want to waste time, I could see her. I could see Mama Aya. And I don't know who who else was there. There were other beings there, but I couldn't tell what they were. And she said, time is just a joke. And she started laughing and laughing. It was hilarious. She thought it was hilarious. And then I would circle through this again and again and all those thoughts, selfish, selfish, selfish. And it would all come back to me going, but I hate wasting time. And then she would laugh at it again. And she would say, but there is no such thing as time. And I don't know how long this went on. It went on with a very long, it went on for a very long time until eventually I began to get it and I began to realize, okay, yes, I I get it. Like I have become selfish and self-centered and I'm very focused on time and wasting it. And I began to, as I was talking, began to realize, like as I was going through my schedule in my head, I began to realize how ridiculous it sounded. And eventually I began to laugh and I was like, (laughs) okay, this does sound ridiculous. Time is just a joke. And it was at that moment where I finally got who I'd become. And so from there, it completely changed. It moved on. So that first intention was met. I got it. So that was for me. I moved on. And so then afterwards, I began to see every single person in my life who I had either hurt or who had hurt me. I met all of my ex-boyfriends one by one. Every person might have just as well been lined up, but they weren't. They all were all coming to me individually. I could see them very clearly. And they were the people who had hurt me. And so, for example, like on the boyfriends, I cycled through all the boyfriends and I was able to air out. If it was someone that had hurt me, I was able to look at them and kind of air out like, this is what you did to me. Why did you do this? How did this happen? You know, get it all out of my system. And then after I did that, I would immediately be shown in most cases why that person hit me or sorry, hurt me. I was shown something that happened to them in their life that made them the way that they are. And I would be filled with the most compassion and love and forgiveness that I have ever been felt with. And I would forgive that person and I would grieve with them for what happened to them. It was just incredible. Literally every ex-boyfriend, every person that I hurt way back in my life. I remember at one point when I was growing up, when I was probably about 10 years old, I had a friend, one of my best friends growing up, she had Down syndrome, and I don't know why I did this. I have no clue. I can't tell you why I did this, but I remember there were a couple times where we would be playing, and we'd go into the garage for something, and we the garage door would be shut, and I would be coming into the house, we'd be coming into the house, and I would go in first, and I would shut the door to the garage and shut off the light and lock it. And I remember she would be scared and she would be, you know, crying like, what the heck? I can't tell you why I did that. I have no idea. At the time, I found it funny. No clue. But like that was shown to me immediately. I saw her in the garage crying and scared and I felt all of the emotions that she had and I felt that terror and I felt that sadness and I just was overwhelmed with just, you know, I'm bawling and I'm saying I'm so sorry, just person after person, experience after experience like that. And so I'm going through all of these people 
And then um, at one point, uh, I was also shown my stepmom. So um, after my mom died, very shortly after my mom died, we're talking days within my mom dying, um, this woman came into uh, our lives and she began to basically court my dad, like days after my mom's funeral. And I was extremely, extremely upset about that and very angry. And uh, within seven, no, six months, within six months of my mom dying, my dad remarried this woman. And we were all upset. I know that a lot of the family was very upset. I had so much anger and resentment towards this woman. I hated her. Um, And she had had, um, during the 80s, she had been in a really bad car accident, her and her husband. And her husband was instantly killed. And she was, she had extreme brain damage from that accident. And so anyway, she came to me. I saw her. I saw her in the wheelchair because she's usually in a wheelchair. And I was like, "Ooh, okay, here you are. And I felt that resentment and that anger and like a little bit of annoyance. And then I was instantly taken to the backseat of the car where the car accident happened. And I experienced the crash. I saw her husband get killed immediately. And I felt what she felt during that time. I felt the most immense sadness and just total devastation. She had lost everything and I relived that. It was like I was reliving it as her. I felt all the emotions. And then I was taken through life and shown that how, you know, her parents were not very nice people. I just know they weren't. Um, they were very strict and I saw that that she was raised and she had, you know, issues growing up. And then I was shown that, you know, she had been ignored by a lot of people in her family. A lot of people turned her away. And I was shown that I myself had been ignoring her because I had. I had had I had, had so much anger and resentment towards her that I didn't want to be with her. You know, when I go home to visit my dad and she enters the room, I tend to leave. If she texts me, I tend to frequently not respond. And I was just filled with so much sadness and compassion. And I just bawled and I asked her to please forgive me. And I just completely, all of that healed. So, oh man, I'm going to try to not share. I know this is, this is going to be a long episode. I'm, I'm trying, there was so much that happened, but basically this type of experience happened for every person in my life, probably at least 30 different people I would see and we would converse and the source of the trauma and all of the forgiving and the compassion. So that was, that was happening. So that happened. And, uh, also what last one on this one, but I was also shown my boyfriend. Now, the thing about ayahuasca is you can ask questions, but be careful what you ask. Cause you're going to get an answer and it's going to be an answer that is going to make so much sense. It is the truth. And so it can be very, very scary. And I remember asking to myself, I almost couldn't control it. It just came out. And I asked, is Nate, is Nate the one for me? Nate is my boyfriend. We've been together for five years. I said, is Nate the one for me? And I just saw Mama Aya take Nate. She was taking him away from me. And she she was, I, I could sense that she was taking him from me. And I was instantly filled with this visceral sadness and just like, heck no, like, no, 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 he is mine. Like he is, he, I, he's everything to me. Don't take him from me. I was so upset. And I was immediately taken back to the time where we first started dating and how happy I was and how excited I was. And I remembered when we first started dating before we were official couple, even after the second 
first date even, I just knew he was the one for me. And I remember telling myself, man, if we were together, that would just be everything I need. And I was taking back to that moment. And then she showed me how over the years, I've become very lazy in the relationship, how I've taken him for granted, how I haven't been listening to him, how I've been very selfish. And it was so true because I have, how I've been disconnected. And she showed me that. And I was like, I get it. I know. I'm so sorry. You know, I apologized and I felt it and I cried and I apologized to Nate. And after I did that, I heard her say, let his family in. And it was incredible because um, I actually got married in two, August 2009 and then divorced in April 2012. And ever since that divorce, I've never uh, been able to, I've never thought that I would get remarried because I had so much baggage and it was just so traumatizing. And, um, you know, I never wanted to go through that experience again. And so um, it just like healed that, like that was gone. And I knew that she had given him back to me. Now that I saw, you know, who I had become in the relationship and that just completely renewed and healed the relationship. So that was healed. And then speaking of healings, <laughs> this is going to get even more weird. So there is something that happens when you take ayahuasca, not to everyone, but to a lot of people, and they call it celestial uh, surgeries. And so remember, when you take DMT, DMT activates the chemical that your body naturally produces, but you only experience it when you're being born and when you die. And so it really is like you are entered into the dimension that you would enter into when after you die and you are able to see and talk to higher beings in higher dimensions and you're able to see dead people, which that's another thing I'll get into. Um, but basically, if you have something inside of you, um, they will come and they will perform celestial surgery on you. So I remember I saw aliens come in. You can call them aliens. You can call them light workers. They looked like the typical aliens that you see in our culture today. They came over and they told me that they were um, replacing my heart. And that was another one of the intentions. Remember going back to the three intentions, the third one was heal my heart. And I knew that I was getting, I was getting heart surgery and they replaced my heart. And before that, shortly before that, uh, the second intention was merging with my soul at all costs. I actually saw myself as a three-year-old. Like I saw myself as a three-year-old little, three-year-old little girl. She was standing in front of me and I saw her go into me. So that was another thing. So I got all of those three intentions met. And after that, I was told, you know, the aliens were still there. I was told I was getting brain surgery. They were replacing my brain and <laughs> whoa, let's just keep going. It's going to get weird. If you think this is weird, it's the tip of the iceberg. Um, Albert Einstein came in and he was the head surgeon surgeon and he replaced my brain. And I was like, whoa, I was like, is this real? Is this happening? He's like, yep, it's really weird. <laughs> and he was just so laid back about it. And so that happened. And then after that, I began to see healings of other people. I saw my dad and my dad had actually gotten diagnosed with Parkinson's disease a few months ago. And he had also been having heart troubles. He had AFib in his heart for like the last five plus years, irregular heartbeat, been causing a lot of problems. He had had three surgeries on it in the past five years. They weren't successful. And I saw the aliens come in and I saw them open up his skull and they said, we're removing his Parkinson's. And I saw them literally removing Parkinson's from his brain. And then I saw them opening up his chest and I, and they said to me, we're giving him a new heart. And I was just like, like bawling and like, just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so I kept seeing all of these just amazing healings that were happening and it was insane. 
And I was taken back to like, even just like sexual um, trauma that I had had. And like, you know, I had been confused about my sexuality. And so I was shown specific things that happened to me in college that had caused that trauma. And I was able to heal from that. At one point, I also saw my cat, Mr. Purry. So if you're a follower, you know that Mr. Purry is my cat. I'm obsessed with him. He's just the cutest thing in the world. But I was shown Mr. Purry and I saw him because he was, I live alone and he was home, you know, he was getting babysat, like checked in on. But while I was in Costa Rica for eight days, he was by himself and I saw him huddled by the door and he was so sad and scared. And I literally felt those emotions. I could feel how sad and scared he was. And he was worried that I wasn't coming back. And then I was instantly taken to the time where I first adopted him. And when I first adopted him, it was in September of 2012. And at the time I was really struggling with OCD. When people say OCD and they use it lightly, that's not what I'm talking about. I had literal OCD. I had to perform certain rituals and my mind was just buzzing and all the things. And so I had been suffering from OCD really bad for about five years when I adopted Mr. Purry. And when I got him, um, I went in with the intention. When I went into the shelter, I went in with the intention to get in an adult cat. I wanted a docile cat that wasn't going to mess up my stuff. But when I got to the shelter, uh, Mr. Purry was four months old and I made eye contact with him. It's just like he was looking at me. We locked eyes. The lady there was like, would you like me to let him out? And I was like, um, sure, but I'm not going to adopt a kitten. And I was sitting on the floor. Mr. Purry hopped out of the cage, got on my lap, looked up at me and just started purring. And I was like, oh, F, like I'm getting a kitten because I have to get it. I brought him home, but the OCD was so strong that I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, he's going to ruin my furniture. Oh my God, he's going to mess up my routine. Oh my God, blah, 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 flipped out. And so the next day I took him back to the shelter because I couldn't handle it. And I was shown that that moment caused in him this trauma and separation anxiety. And I saw it happen. And of course, it, you know, um, in real life, I went, I realized as soon as I got home, I'd made a huge mistake. And so the next day I called the shelter and was like, Oh my God, please. Can I come back? I dropped on my cat and I was just, and anyway, they probably thought I was crazy. So I went back and I got Mr. Puri, but I was shown that incident and how it had affected him. Cause he's had really bad separation anxiety. And I was also shown that Mr. Puri was here to heal me from my OCD. And when I looked back, I was like, wow, that's true because my OCD was gone within months of getting him and it's never returned. So that was just an absolutely mind blowing experience. And so that was, um, that was Monday. <laughs> there was a lot going on. There was tons more that happened, but, uh, we still got three ceremonies to go through and I want to go through them semi quickly because I don't want this episode to be like 500 hours. But basically that first night I got the three intentions answered. I experienced a lot of healing and I left feeling very, very con just like just in awe. And honestly, at this point, I was already experiencing tremendous emotional healing, a lot of anger and resentment and things that I didn't even know I had tucked down inside of me were gone. So even though I was feeling like my mind was just blown, essentially, like, holy crap, I was thinking, did this actually happen? So moving on to day two on Tuesday. So during the plant integration uh, class, which I mentioned, they have those uh, after most of the ceremony days so that you can kind of talk about what happened and share. And I told the actual, the, the, the owner of Rhythmia, uh, I told him that I had had brain surgery. And he said, typically 
that happens when you've had a lot of depression and or anxiety, which I definitely have had. So it was like, aha, like it was kind of making sense. It was just crazy. Like I wasn't the only one having surgeries. There were, I think like 17, at least other people out of the group that had surgeries that night. And by the way, the surgeries, the celestial surgeries are always typically performed by either aliens that look like typical aliens, mechanical bugs that look like mechanical bugs, specifically a mechanical praying mantis, or what they call minions. I didn't experience any minions, but I experienced the other two and so many other people did too. Like, I'm just like, what the heck? Even listening to myself talk about it sounds absolutely crazy, but there it is. There you go. So that happened. So day two, Tuesday, ceremony started at 5.30, started the same way, entering in silence, taking the rapé, and then getting the first cup. And at, very shortly after I took the first cup, I was laying in my bed, again, focusing on my intention. And because I had already had the three intentions that they recommend you go in with answered, I decided because I had been shown on Monday that I was a very, very controlling person, that I was all about my regimen and obsessed with having my regimen and my way and my plan, I decided that I needed to go into the rest of the ceremonies with no with no regimen. I decided to go in with simply the intention of, I trust this completely. You'll give me everything that I need. And that was my intention. That is all I focused on. And so shortly after I took the first cup, I'm laying there and I am experiencing intense, intense nausea. Like I have never experienced before. I don't know how long it lasted, at least an hour. And I'm just laying there kind of writhing in pain. And once again, I'm uh, on a mattress that's next to one of the shamans. I intentionally would choose a mattress that was next to one of the shamans because it just gave me so much comfort. Um, so anyway, I'm lying there, I'm writhing around in nausea, and then all of a sudden, I'm just bawling again. Like it just rises up out of me, I can't control it. So I'm on my mattress, I'm basically like in the fetal position on my stomach, and I'm bawling, and I'm nauseous, and it's stuck, and I couldn't get it out. And I just, it just felt stuck and I was miserable and I got up at one point because I had to pee and I just remember I felt so sad. I'm like kind of stumbling around to the bathroom and by the way, there are like, you know, everyone else is there and you can hear, there's all sorts of noises. I heard so many people vomit. I can't even count. So like in the background, yes, there, there's amazing music happening, but you can also hear people like vomiting and doing all sorts of crazy things. So I'm stumbling to the bathroom and I'm so, such a mess. And I'm crying. I literally can't see that two of the shamans come up to me and they're just like angels. And they helped me go back to my bed and they did, the, they did their thing where they helped me kind of, they laid me back down and they reminded me that the nausea is um, wellness, that the nausea is healing, to focus on it and to be grateful for it, to breathe and to know that's what's coming is going. And one of the shamans, she like blew her stuff on me, like the liquid and rubbed it on me, did the feathers. And shortly after she did that, it passed. Like, it's incredible. When they do that, the feelings will pass. But I, I was feeling so nauseous when she was doing that nauseated. I remember telling her, like, I cannot get a second cup of ayahuasca because during every ceremony, they do two cups. They offer one cup and then about an hour and a half later, they call for the second cup. And they very strongly urge you to get that second cup. The only time they recommend not getting the second cup is if you are so out of it that you don't hear them announce that there's a second cup. If you don't hear them announce it and you're not aware that's happening, then you don't need it. But if you hear that they announce it, 
then you need to go up and get one. They have a saying there that's called don't think, drink. And I was so nauseous that I was just like, I cannot get a second cup. Like I cannot get a second cup because the la let me tell you, the last thing that you want when you are nauseated and you are feeling sick and you're feeling all the negative emotions, the last thing on earth you want is another cup of ayahuasca. And I remember she told me, you know, not to worry about it. Just don't even think about it right now. And so that eventually the sickness started passing. I laid back down on my back and there was a girl next to me and I looked over at her and she kept turning into smoke, like her whole body. She was like this weird smoke goddess. It was just like the most incredible thing. And I kept seeing shadow people and I looked out the window and this, first of all, the stars in Costa Rica are amazing. Like you can see them so clearly. You can see the Milky Way. And I looked out the window because there's giant windows everywhere and the stars were literally dancing to the music. And the entire time, basically from the, like off and on during these ceremonies, I could hear myself just, my mind was literally blowing. And I was like, wow, like I could just hear myself. If you ever saw the double rainbow guy on YouTube, like double rainbow all the way, that was me. Like the entire, all of the ceremonies, I'm just like, wow, wow oh, wow. And I'm watching her turn into smoke and I'm seeing all of these things. And then at some point I saw aliens come back and they were back for surgeries. It's so weird. You just see them come in and they tell you they're back for surgeries or you know that they're back for surgeries. And they told me that I had so many, sur basically a surgery occurs when you have something very deep in you that needs to be fixed, either a physical ailment or something that's very deep that needs to be fixed. And I was told by them that I had countless surgeries, surgeries all day is what they said. And they said they were going to be performing them on me the entire night and that they were going to distract me because it was going to be very painful. And so they were going to be performing these surgeries that I was going to get distracted. And while they were doing that, I was told that I'm a healer and I suddenly became a mechanical bug, which is one of the things that performs the surgeries. I suddenly became a mechanical bug and I was being shown how to do a surgery. It was very crazy. And then I, I would, for the most part, I had my eyes closed, but occasionally I would open them and the shamans would walk around the room when needed, you know, going up to people, helping them when the people were people were struggling. And when I opened my eyes, I, I saw aliens. They were straight up aliens. Sometimes when I opened my eyes, they would be, um, gorillas. <laughs> Sometimes they would be monkeys, uh, just super weird. So I would open my eyes and I was just in awe of this. Like there is some weird stuff that you see, see that stuff that doesn't make sense, stuff that's scary. But honestly, I really tried to go into this with a childlike wonder and I wasn't scared at all. Like the things I were, the fact that I was seeing freaking aliens and mechanical bugs and like, oh, shadow beans. I saw them as shadows as well. I wasn't scared. I was just like, wow, this is freaking cool. Like, this is amazing. So I saw all the different things and then I started to experience rebirth. And it started by this feeling in my throat and a seed. I could feel a seed coming up out of me, up my throat, and I spit it out. And it was at that moment where I knew I had been reborn, like all of the emotional trauma and pain, the stuff that I was aware of, the stuff that I wasn't aware of, it was gone. And I was completely, completely reborn as like a new person merged with my soul. I couldn't help it. I was like rocking because, and they say this happens a lot if you're reborn, like you start rocking and you can't help it because babies are rocked. And so I just started, I, I was reborn. And then the incredible thing that happened was I saw my mom again. And um, 
she was so clear. Like, I have no doubt that I didn't, that, that I saw her. Like, she, we, she was smiling. She looked exactly, exactly how she was. And I saw her and she came to me. And um, when she died in real, like, back in 1998, I wasn't there in the room when she died. But I was told by the people who were that she seemed very scared when she died. And so when she came to me during that ceremony... I literally got to experience dying with her and I got to comfort her through dying. And then after she died, I got to help witness her and help her be reborn, like her soul. Um, so I was like witnessing her being reborn. And then I was handed from God, whoever you want to call it. You can call it God. You can call it source. You can call it the universe. I was handed a pair of lungs and I was I gave them to her because remember if I told you she died because her lungs collapsed and I gave her a new pair of lungs and I put them in her and it was like she was a newly healed soul it was so freaking incredible so that was just incredible and then at one point after that happened I I this is also gonna I mean I know it all sounds crazy but I became God not that I became God but God was channeling through me and I saw these like crazy, I was like in space and I was seeing these weird geometric like shapes coming out of me. And I was told that I was God for a minute because that was what was necessary to kill my ego. And I was being told that my ego was being broken down. So obviously I still have an ego today. We all have egos. They're there to protect us. But oftentimes they, you know, they're, it's not necessary. You know, it's not in the olden days where we're running from, you know, people often say saber tooth tigers or whatever it is. Um, a lot of times our egos are getting in the way of, of us. And so anyway, I was told that my ego was being broken down. I can say, honestly, I very clearly feel it. Like I'm just so humbled now. <laughs> so that was crazy. And then what else happened? Oh, yes. Okay. So this is during the second cup. And remember the fox that I saw in the uh, breathwork class on Sunday night? The fox came back to me. And at this point, I was feeling a little nauseated again. And I saw the freaking fox. And the fox said, go up and get a third cup of ayahuasca. And again, during these ceremonies, they only serve two cups. And they say that if you think you need another cup, you can come up and ask and they will determine if they give it to you. So the fox was like looking at me and he said, you need a third cup. And I was just like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Please. No, I don't. You know, I felt so sick. I did not want a third cup. I felt like I was dying. And it's like, no, you need a third cup. And I was like, uh-uh, no, no, I was resisting. And it told me, you know what? This is your decision. Um, you need it, but it, you got to make a decision. You got to do it quick because you're running out of time. And I instantly remembered what the Fox totem said, how I was going to need to make a decision quick, that I was going to be uncomfortable, that I was going to need to use my intuition uh, in order to come out victorious. And so I was like, F it, you know, F. I was so sick. I sat up. I, was, I went to one of the shamans. I told him, hey, I'm being told I need a third cup. And he was like, okay, you know, let me go ask the other, you know, shamans and we'll see if we'll see if we can do this for you. So I laid back down and all of a sudden I was taught a lesson about uh, moderation because I had had um, eating disorders growing up and one of them was like kind of like a binge eating disorder. I never had bulimia. I had anorexia and that then turned into like a binge eating. And all of a sudden, while I was waiting for him to approve my third cup, 
I had just like a, I, I, I realized I was learning a lesson about moderation. And I like heard this voice that said, well, maybe you don't need a third cup. Maybe two is enough. It, it was crazy. Like I heard this voice telling me about moderation and I suddenly got it. And I like learned all these lessons about food. It felt like it was like an hour that I was learning this lesson. In reality, it was probably only a few minutes. And so I finally laid there and I'm like, okay, you know, I asked for the third cup and you know, I asserted myself. I did what my intuition was telling me. I'm proud of myself for that. But I'm happy if I don't get a third cup because maybe that was just the lesson that I needed. Well, anyway, the shaman came back and he's like, yes, you are approved for a third cup. Come with me. So I went up, I got the third cup, I took it and I laid back down and then all sorts of amazing, amazing things began to happen. Shortly after the third cup, the aliens were back. You know, my eyes are closed. The aliens are back. And they told me that I was going to be rewarded for my bravery with lots of upgrades. That's exactly what they called it. And so the first thing they said that they were giving me as a gift for my bravery was that they were going to get rid of the bad dreams. Um, I had been having like, I've always had really bad dreams, nightmares. I've had tons of stress nightmares where things are caught in my mouth. One in particular is where there's gum, like there's like a giant wad of gum all over my teeth. And I spend the entire dream trying to get it out. I'm like pulling out wads of gum and it never goes away. I was told that those are going to be gone. I was told that one of the upgrades I was receiving was the gift of lucid dreaming. And it's hilarious because lucid dreaming is I've lucid dreamed a few times before, and it's just the most incredible experience. A lucid dream is where it's a dream where you're aware that you're dreaming. So in the dream, you know, you're dreaming, and then you can start controlling it. You can choose to go fly. You can do whatever you want. And so for the last year, I've really been trying to like lucid dream, but I haven't been having any luck. Uh, and so I was told I was gifted lucid dreaming. I was also um, gifted the gift of intuition. I was told I was getting an intuition upgrade. It was going to be my superpower. And honestly, this is another thing that I've been working on for the last year. I've been trying to hone in on my intuition, but I've been struggling with it. I've been second guessing myself. I've been overthinking. It's just been cloudy. I haven't been able to hear it. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like I'm getting my intuition. And I can say right now that I have the strongest intuition. It's like a freaking voice, full on voice that I can hear. It's, it's so strong. It is freaking amazing. So like it's, it's freaking real. So then I was told by Mama Aya, the spirit of the ayahuasca, I was told that my lazy eye was here to teach me how to love myself. Now, if you know me, um, you may have noticed that I take a lot of, when I take a photo of myself, I take it at an angle or when I film myself, I do it at an angle. And the reason for that is I was born with uh, a lazy eye. My right eye turns in completely. So if I face straight on into a camera or to a person, my eye goes cross. And it's always been like the biggest thorn in my side. I've always hated it. I've always been super self-conscious about it. Growing up, kids would come up to me and be like, are you cross-eyed? And I just hated it. And I just, I've always wanted it to go away. I've honestly had three different eye surgeries on it as a baby in my teens to try and correct it. They never worked. In addition to that, I've always had poor vision. I was born farsighted and then it corrected itself for a little bit and then I became nearsighted. But I was told that my lazy eye was there to help me love myself. And right when I was told that, I suddenly got it. It clicked. I was like, wow, oh my gosh, okay, like... I get it. Like I am, I am happy with it now. I will be happy with it. I will accept it. I will embrace it. I will do photos facing on into the camera. I will take uh, our videos. I will take photos. Like I will embrace the lazy eye. I'll embrace the cro crookedness. I will embrace looking cross-eyed. It's going to be my unique quirk. And I was generally okay with that. And then that kind of went away and then other things happened and 
I became a black hole. I'm obsessed with learning about space and the universe. And so I became a black hole at one point and I was holding the singularity in my hand. If you're a space nerd, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the big mystery that no one knows what the singularity is because it's something that is inside of a black hole, but you can't see it because it's black and we can't go in it because we would die. So there's no way to figure out what it was. And I was a black hole and I'm holding the singularity and it looks like a pearl. And I was told that it, and I knew that it was just a big cosmic joke, essentially. Like the singularity and the black hole is just something that doesn't make sense. And that's the point of it. It just doesn't make sense. It's nonsense. And so I stuck the singularity or the little white pearl into my belly button. And then I got abducted by aliens and they were running experiments on me. And I just was like, cool. Yeah. Doing experiments. Awesome. And then I was told that I was having ancestor healing done. Um, and that's one of the things that ayahuasca will do is it doesn't just heal you. It heals other people in your life, including like people who are alive, people who are dead, people in your ancestry. It's like one big positive ripple effect, like just incredible. And then wrapping up the second ceremony, um, I also was told and throughout the ceremony, like these mechanical bugs and aliens would just come up to me randomly and they would take something out of me. And sometimes I wouldn't know what it was. Sometimes I would ask and they would tell me other times they'd just be like, we don't need to know. We're just taking something from you. Cool. And at one point someone, an alien, <laughs> I know I sound crazy again. I know this, but this has all happened. Um, an alien took something out of my throat and he said, the alien said thyroid cancer, thyroid cancer. We removed thyroid cancer from you. And the next day I realized, like looking back, I was like, like during the time I was like, wow, thyroid cancer. And the next day it made sense because for the last, I would say year and a half, I've really been struggling with my energy, feeling completely drained for no apparent reason, despite eating healthy and getting sleep and taking the supplements. I thought maybe I had an iron deficiency, nothing, nothing worked. I had no energy. And in addition to that, I had also for the last year and a half been having these stress nightmares, these nightmares where something was caught in my throat and I would be pulling stuff out of my throat. It would be, like, for example, there'd be like a long, like line of t-shirts all tied together. And I would be pulling t-shirts out of my mouth, out of my throat. It would just keep going. I had these dreams all the time. And on top of that, over the last year and a half, I'd been getting these kind of intuitive nudges, like telling me something was wrong and that maybe it was cancer but I didn't want to know. Like I was too afraid to go to the hospital. I didn't want to know what it was. So I kind of was in denial about it. And so it made complete perfect sense because the thyroid is in the neck and all of it just came together. And I, all I can say is I have had the most energy I've ever had in my entire life ever since that night, because I know that the cancer was eating up all of my energy. My energy is back. I, I got like eight hours of sleep total the week of the ceremonies uh, for all the nights combined. And I was bursting with energy. I'm bursting with energy now. So that was incredible. And then that was uh, night two. After night two, at this point, I genuinely felt healed from all the negative emotions that I had buried in me. I felt healed from all the sadness completely. And so night three, the ceremony was, um, I might be butchering it, but it, I think they call it the night of the divine feminine. And it's really about embracing, um, you know, if you're a female, your female power, or even if you're a male, your male energy and really embracing that. And it's, I, we were told that it was going to be a much more gentle night because Monday and Tuesday were extremely intense. 
like people just writhing in pain, vomiting. There were times during the first and second ceremonies where someone would start screaming, literally screaming and yelling. It was like they were possessed almost, like they weren't controlling themselves. It was very scary. And like that would affect the entire room. Like when someone would start screaming and yelling, it was almost as if that energy affected the whole room and people would start vomiting. We're talking exorcist vomiting, like scream. They're like, well, I won't do it, but they're basically screaming and vomiting. It'd just be like this giant wave. And so the first two nights were extremely intense uh, for everyone and for myself to the point where I couldn't get up off my mattress at all. Um, and so very, very intense. And so I had this feeling going into the third ceremony, you know, I went in with the same intention when I drank the first cup of just, I trust completely. You'll give me everything that I need. And I was being told that they were going to, that it was going to be gentle on me, that it would be gentle healing because the last two nights I had gone through so much, so much physical and mental pain. I was told that it was going to be very, very gentle. And so uh, during the ceremony, the music was absolutely incredible. They had just the most beautiful, amazing music that I've ever heard. After I took the first cup, instead of feeling that nausea that I had been feeling or like feeling like I had to crap my pants and then go crap, going to crap in the bathroom, the really only like release that I started having was constant yawning. Like I couldn't stop yawning at all. And so after that passed, because I felt good, like I wasn't having visions this time, Monday and Tuesday, all I had were like intense, intense visions. So on this night, I wasn't really having visions and I was feeling okay, just like minor dis body discomforts here and there. And so I decided to get up and go outside because they said you could, you know, they only recommend that you go outside when you're not running from something. So like if you are in the maloka and you're scared or you're going through some discomfort, if, if you get the urge to go outside when that's happening to kind of run away from it, they tell you not to. They tell you to stay in the maloka and, and, and deal with that and go through that. But if you have gone through the you know purging or whatever and you're genuinely feeling good, you're not running from something, then they say you can go outside. So I decided to go outside and I looked up. I, I was barefoot. I looked up in the grass and oh my gosh. Oh, wow. My total double rainbow moment. I looked up and the sky was like, it was like I was in space. The stars were humongous. They were twinkling. They were close. I could see little swirls, almost like little galaxies swirling. I could see shooting stars. It was the most incredible, awe-inspiring thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was just standing out there for who knows how long, just going, wow, wow, wow. Oh my God. Wow. Like my mind was being blown. Like I, it, I wish I was thinking to myself, I wish I could take a photo of this so that I could show people what I'm seeing, but I knew that wouldn't translate. Plus you're not allowed to bring your phone. But anyway, it was just the most incredible thing. So I really just laid outside. I laid on the hammock. I experienced gentle healing. Um, and then as I, at one point I was laying in the grass and I, so for the last like couple years, um, I live in a really old apartment building. It's probably like a hundred plus years old. I'm sure there has been people that have died in this building. And for the last two years, uh, two, three years, I just been having really bad nightmares and, um, like demonic nightmares, like scary nightmares that were like, I would be dreaming and I would be dreaming that there was a demon in my apartment and that, or that I was possessed and I was having night terrors for the last two and a half years where I'd have a horrible nightmare. I would wake up from the nightmare in my bed. Like I would thank God, wake myself awake, but I would be paralyzed and I would be laying in my bed, unable to move. 
and I was still seeing whatever scary thing I was seeing in my nightmare. It would be in my room. So like I would wake up from my nightmare paralyzed and I was still seeing something. I would see like a dead person coming at me or just a really creepy effed up like demon-y figure coming at me. Horrible, like horrible. And so I was told that all of that was being removed. All of that, I would not have any more nightmares. I wouldn't have any more bad experiences. I wouldn't have any more night terrors. And I later asked one of the shamans what that meant. Cause I was like, is that a demon? Like, was there actually like a demon in my apartment? Like what the heck was going on? And I was told that wasn't a demon, but that it was a very negative energy. And the reason why I was seeing it and experiencing it was because I had something in me. It could have been something I wasn't even aware of. And I don't know what it was, but I had something in me that was also a very dark energy that was attracting that. So like energy attracts like energy. So if you have something very dark inside of you, some type of energy that's in there, you might not even be aware of it or know why, um, it will attract things like that. And so I was attracting this negative energy to me and it was manifesting as seeing like scary, scary crap. So that's what it was. So I was told it wasn't demons. It was just this negative energy within me. I was told it was being removed and oh my gosh. Okay. So I was lying in the grass and I'm just lying there look, kind of lying, looking up at the stars at the same time. I'm also feeling extremely drained and super tired. I couldn't get up at all. And I was feeling a little bit of nausea again. And again, like I said earlier, I had this fear of vomiting, like this huge fear of vomiting. I didn't want to vomit at all. And I'm lying there on the grass feeling really nauseated. Please don't let me vomit is what I'm thinking. But I'm like just working through it. And at one point, this lady came up to me and she was one of the participants. She was one of the people who was doing the ayahuasca ceremony. She was not staff. She was not a shaman. She quietly just walked up to me. She squatted down. She touched the grass next to me. And then she stood up and she started kind of, she was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was like, it was like she was getting something, like having a moment. And I had no idea what was going on. I was like, this whole, every single ayahuasca ceremony, my attitude was just go with it. Like, I'm just going to go with it and just, you know, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just going to like, I had complete trust. I can honestly say I had complete trust. I was getting exactly what I needed. And so I'm just watching this woman like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you're doing. And she put her hands over me. She's standing up. She has her almost like a zombie, you know, how they have their hands stretched out forward. She put her hands on me and she starts kind of moving them upward. Like she's pulling like almost like a motion, like she's pulling something out of me and she's looking down at me and she is sucking through her mouth, like, like sucking through her mouth. And like few times she like sucks and sucks and sucks. And then she stopped. She kind of just stood there. And again, she's like kind of nodding to herself. And then she kneeled down and I had my bucket. Whenever you get up and you, you move around, you're supposed to bring your bucket because you never know when you're going to vomit. She leaned down and just vomited in my bucket. So it was literally like she took something out of me and released it. It was just the weirdest, most incredible thing. And then for a few moments, she sat down in the grass next to me. And again, we're not talking. You're not allowed to talk. You know, I she wasn't really paying attention. Like she wasn't looking at me. She was sitting in the grass and I could see her. But at the same time, I saw this bluish white glow around her and I could see like a, an angel overlaid on top of her. And I was like, wow, this person was my angel. Like, what the heck? I was later told the next day that this woman is an actual healer in real life. Like, that's what she does for a living. She's a healer. And wow, like, that's all I can say. So I saw her sitting next to me as an angel and it was just freaking incredible. So that was basically night three. It was in general compared to the last two nights, 
very, very uh, gentle. And it was, yeah, it was amazing. Now, before I talk about the fourth and final ceremony, I realized I forgot to mention some of the physical healings that actually happened to me, like proof healings. So after Monday and Tuesday night, which I said, again, were very intense, but there was a lot of like healings being done on me and also other people. Um, like I remember I was talking about my dad, how he had his Parkinson's removed and all of that. Like I literally saw probably 30, 40 people get healed in some way, mentally or physically. At the end of night two, I was like, holy crap, like, is this actually happening? I almost felt like it was too good to be true. You know, like it was just like, it really was just a dream. Like I really was just seeing things. And I wanted, I, I, I had a faith that it was true, but at the same time I was questioning, is this really happening? And so on Wednesday during the plant integration class, I was sitting next to my roommate, which by the way, we were totally meant to be together. Like when you're there going through this, you'll start seeing so many insane synchronicities and you'll get like insane insights and downloads throughout the day. It's just incredible. But we were uh, sharing in the group all of our surgeries that we had because every day we would get asked like share our surgeries, celestial surgeries. I had them in every ceremony, but my roommate shared a surgery that she had done by a snake. And I was like, oh, like I remembered like at one point on Tuesday, a snake went behind my eye. And at the time it was happening, I didn't know what was happening. I just knew a snake entered into my freaking head. I didn't realize it was performing a surgery, but she mentioned the snake surgery and I realized, oh, I was having, oh, I was having a surgery on my eye. And then I, right then I realized that I could see clearly. And again, I've, I've been nearsighted or farsighted my whole life and I wasn't wearing my glasses. I could see everything. And I looked over at my roommate and I told her, I was like, I can see clearly I had eye surgery. And she looked at me and her jaw dropped and she was like, <gasps> she's like, your eye is straight. And if you don't remember, I have had a lazy eye my whole life, three surgeries on it, three surgeries. It's always been crooked, perfectly straight and to this day perfectly straight. It's completely, completely healed. And I was told that that was what I, well, it was a reward for my bravery for getting up on getting the third cup on the second night. But I was told that that was the proof that I needed, the physical, tangible proof that I needed to show me that everything was indeed happening, that it wasn't all too good to be true. So my mind was just blown. In addition to that, like I said, like the thyroid cancer being removed, like just feeling, I can't tell you how much energy I have. I've never had this much energy. Like I know that, that it was removed. And also I've had a bum knee for the last year. I basically like a year ago, I started having knee pain, in my knee pain in my right knee. And it was because I <laughs> was a bad runner and I was wearing worn out shoes for way too long. And when you do that, there's not enough padding. It can kind of, you know, it can cause injury. And so I had have, I had had this knee pain in my right knee and like almost like some type of what I'm assuming was like soft tissue damage. There was basically like a big lump. It was like kind of hard, but a little bit soft, a big lump underneath my right knee. And during the ceremony on Tuesday, I was told that that was being healed. And that was also completely gone. Like my knee is 100% better. That lump is freaking gone. Like, so just amazing, amazing physical healings were happening. So I know this is all real. I'm living it. It's crazy. If you know me and you've seen me cross-eyed, go look at my Instagram. Um, I have completely straight eyes and they're so clear. They're like more white and more blue than they've ever been. Like, it's just insane. Okay. So the fourth ceremony... Last night, this was the all-nighter. This is the ceremony that lasted 
from 7.30 p.m. until about 9.30 a.m. the next morning. And at this point, like we had been going to bed late, like 2.30, 3.34, getting up at like 6.45. So I had hardly gotten any sleep. I was running on like six, I was running on like maybe seven hours of sleep. And I was like, holy crap, how am I going to stay up all night? This is insane. But I went and I went in with the same intention of I trust this completely. I'm going to get everything that I need. And it started off very intensely. I went to my mattress and I had intense nausea, like even worse than before. So intense. And at this point I hadn't vomited and I, but I had had this intense fear of vomiting building up. And as I was laying there, I was like, oh, I don't need to vomit. And I instantly heard a voice that said, yeah, you do. And I said, no, 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 no. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. I'm fine. I don't need to vomit. Yeah, you do. And I was like arguing with this voice like, no, 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 I don't need to vomit. And finally I heard the voice say, you need to release your fear. And I was just like, oh, F, like it made total sense. And I realized that the fact that I hadn't vomited for the last three nights was intentional because it was letting that fear build up so that I could release it all. And so I just stood up, I got on all fours and I puked an insane amount of blackish brown stuff into my bucket. And I felt a little better, but um, at the time, because I was purging fear, remember what's coming is going, I was feeling so scared because I was purging that fear. I felt so fearful. I felt so terrified. And as I was just finishing up my puking, a woman somewhere in the Maloka started screaming bloody murder. She sounded like she was possessed. She was cursing. How dare you? I won't repeat it, but let's just say it sounded absolutely terrifying. And I got this horrible, overwhelming feeling of doom and fear. And I just felt like this negative energy from her was coming to me. I was so terrified. I ran to one of the shamans and I, you know, got in front of her and I, I, you know, and at the same time, I'm still super nauseated. So I'm like hobble running over there. I get in front of her and I say, please, please, I'm so afraid. I am so afraid. I feel like this energy is coming, you know, at me. And she and the shamans there are just so incredible. They're good. They're, they're so gentle and so loving. And she said, negative energy can't affect you or harm you unless you let it in. You are protected. And I was just like, oh, thank God. And so she like did the thing where she's blowing the stuff on me. She's rubbing it there. She's making all the sounds that they're like a and they like make these clicking sounds and like a little, I can't even imitate it. It sounds really dumb when I just did it, but trust me in real life, it sounds magical. And so she did that on me. I felt a little better. I went back to my mattress, but the nausea was not going away. And I was getting really freaking frustrated. And I was like, it's stuck. It's stuck. I'm so miserable. Why, why, why? And I'm trying my best to focus on it and be thankful that it's, that it's, that it means that something is healing. But I was just getting worried. Like I felt like it was never going to go away. And so I went up to one of the other shamans and I got in front of him and I told him, can you please help me? Like, I am so miserable and I'm so nauseous. Like, can you please help me? I feel like something is stuck. And so he did the same thing. He, you know, did these little chants and prayers and he blew stuff on me and did the feather. But he said, you know, sometimes when the medicine is working, it's essentially rearranging things. And it's like energy moving through your body. It's very uncomfortable. And sometimes you know, it's not going to go away until you just let it pass. And sometimes the way you have to let it pass is you have to move around. And this whole time he's talking to me, I'm like huddled in front of him. And I'm so nauseated that as he's talking to me, I'm like spitting into my bucket. Cause you know, when you're really nauseous before you throw up, you kind of have that like saliva buildup, horrible, horrible stuff. So I was like, okay, okay. Like, okay, let's do this. So I went outside cause there were two bathrooms outside 
And almost immediately, like I just felt so sick. And after a while I was like, Oh God, here it comes again. So I ran into the bathroom and let's just say that I was on the toilet massive, not to be gross, but here we go. Um, massive diarrhea while at the same time, like projectile scream vomiting into my bucket. So things are just flying out of both ends. It was the most disgusting, uncomfortable experience of my freaking life. And I was so loud. Like I was literally scream vomiting because there was so much force. And I noticed on the toilet next to me, there was a big, huge, giant black spider. And I suddenly, I like instantly got it because this whole night I was being told I was purging fear and I freaking hate spiders. And I'm like, of course, universe, you would place a spider right next to me as I'm going through this to further help me like get over my fear. And so anyway, it was just really intense. And as I was doing that, I could hear other people doing that. And there were people running around on the lawn and going crazy. And it comes in like weird waves. And then I went back out and I laid back on the ground and I went back inside and I kind of had to go to the bathroom, but I was so weak at this point. I like couldn't stand. And finally, like the nausea had passed. I like purged out all the things and throughout this entire ayahuasca journey, like anytime I had major discomfort, like physical or mental or emotional, anytime you just like have extreme discomfort and you lean into it and you let it pass. It's like something miraculous happens afterwards. And so like, like whether that's a healing or a surgery or something is released. Uh, but I like sat down in front of the bathroom cause I couldn't stand. I actually kind of just collapsed from my squatted position. I'm like laying on the bare floor in front of the bathroom. And I just started seeing all of these people that were being healed, uh, whether it was mentally, whether it was physically or emotionally, I would see their face and I would know that they were being healed. I frequently would be told what they were being healed of. At one point I saw my stepmom. And if you remember earlier on, I told you how in the eighties she got in a car accident with major brain damage. She's in a wheelchair. And I was told that I was performing brain surgery on her, like just intense, intense stuff. So yeah. Oh, and I also operated on my boyfriend who had been having chest pains for the last few months. I was told that I was giving him a new heart. And that's really how the night ended. There was some other weird discomforts. Um, I had that major healing session. I eventually got up, went back to my bed, and I just kind of laid there. And I had a bunch of weird pains and aches in my body. And I was just kind of laying there. And I remember I looked out the window and I saw the sun coming up. And I was like, wow, holy crap. Like, I made it. I made it through the all-night ceremony. And then at the end of that ceremony, they do like what's called a healing circle where they, they'll, they'll call you up. Um, and so I don't know how many people go at a time, maybe 15 or 20, no, maybe even 10. I don't know. There's like 15 people at a time where you go up and each of the shamans, there's like maybe five or six different shamans that will go and they will like bless you and they like heal you and do, do things to you that make you feel like so much better and kind of ground in the whole thing. And so, um, I watched a lot of people getting healed. I wasn't feeling good. I was feeling pretty bad. But eventually, um, I was like the last person literally out of everyone to get healed in the healing circle. And at this point, it was probably like 8.30 a.m. in the morning, got up, um, and it just was, I had all the healings, and I felt so much better. And I had this incredible energy, and I honestly felt like a new person. They had, again, beautiful live music. Everyone's dancing, like these people have gone through, not everyone, there's a few people people 
laying on their mattresses. They're still going through things. Um, but there are people dancing and they're just laughing and they're, it just was the most amazing, beautiful thing. The sun's coming up and it was just incredible. And I feel like 100% a different person. Um, so yeah, those are the four ceremonies. I know this is long. I'm going to try and wrap it up because we're at an hour and some hour and a half, but what I have covered in this episode is only a tiny fraction of what all actually happened. Like this episode would be a hundred hours long if I actually told you every single thing that happened. So this is really just the tip of the iceberg. But at the end of it all, like this ayahuasca journey experience was literally the hardest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. But it was also the most rewarding, healing awe-inspiring and miraculous thing I have ever, ever done by far. I am a completely, like I said, every negative emotion, completely, completely gone, all the baggage, all the trauma, everything that I have been gathering for the last 36 years of my life, completely gone. I feel like a whole person. I have so much energy. I'm so vibrant. My, it's just like freaking incredible. My life is changed it was the best investment I have ever made in my entire life. So if you're listening to this right now, well, first of all, thank you for bearing with me and bearing through the craziness and listening to this whole thing. I, I really do appreciate you so much. Um, but if you are listening to this and you feel any inkling, like if you're listening and you're interested in learning more, or if you have just any inkling or nudge to try plant medicine, then I really want to encourage you to go to Rhythmia's website over at Rhythmia.com. I will link it below in the show notes slash the blog post, um, but it's Rhythmia.com. It's spelled R-Y-T-H-M-I-A.com. Again, that's R-Y-T-H-M-I-A.com. MIA.com because they have got a ton of information over on their website. Plus they also have a phone number so that you can just call and just speak to someone. You can speak to someone. You can ask them questions. Everyone there is really nice. They're really friendly. They're really laid back. You know, they're not going to be all salesperson-y and like try to get, you know, they're just the most kind-hearted, beautiful people. And if you do decide to book, then be sure to mention that um, I referred you uh, by giving them my full name. So just tell them that I referred you, give them my name. My full name is Allison Marshall, because if you would like, of course, obviously you don't have to, but they have a really cool referral program where if you refer three people within 60 days of your visit and those three people book, then you get a free trip. So basically, if three people book within 60 days of me staying there, so if three people book by April 11th, 2020, and they mention me as the referral, then I'm gonna get a free stay at Rhythmia. And honestly, I would love to gift that free stay to someone who really needs it. I can see people in my life who could just have their life change. And so if I get those three referrals and you you know, do mention me, then I will be able to gift that free trip to, to maybe someone who can't afford the investment, uh, but to someone who really needs it. Because wow, 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 this experience just changed my life completely for the better. And it's just mind blowing. Um, they say that doing one ayahuasca ceremony is the equivalent of doing 10 years of therapy. And I could not agree more. That is exactly what it is like. 
at the end of all four ceremonies, every single thing I could ever think of in my entire life that has ever happened to me and affected me negatively has been completely healed. And let's not forget about the fact that I had freaking eye surgery. My vision is back. My, my cross eye that I've had my entire life that has been operated on three times is completely healed. My knee is healed. I had that thyroid cancer removed. My energy is back and countless other quote unquote surgeries. Like I, everything, my brain chemistry has been rebalanced and I have no doubt after seeing the physical proof on myself that every single surgery or every single healing that I saw on someone on my, in my family, my relatives, people that I love, even random people. Like at one point I saw Robin Williams and I knew that he, his spirit was, his soul was getting healed um, from the depression. I have no doubt that that stuff is real. Like it is freaking real. And I like for, with my dad, for example, with his Parkinson's getting removed, I'm actually going to call him this week, but like, because I saw his Parkinson's getting removed and like for me, the healings happen instantaneously. I know that if right now his Parkinson's isn't completely gone, that it is in the process of going away. So it's either gone completely right now or it's in the process of going away. I know that my stepmom's brain damage is either healed completely now or it's in the process of healing. And I will be sure to like give an update on that. But I trust fully that everything, every healing that I saw actually happened because I also saw it happen in other people. Like it just incredible, incredible thing, like mind blowing. So like it was so much more than I ever, 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 ever could have imagined. When I went in, I thought I might get some healing for myself. I got complete physical, emotional, mental, spiritual healing and so much more because pretty much everyone in my life also got some type of healing that I know is miraculous. It's either coming or it's already happened. And I haven't had time, obviously, to go talk to everyone yet because, as I said, I got in at like 12 a.m. So the only person I've talked to is my boyfriend because he picked me up at the airport. But yeah, it's just been freaking incredible. I can't even, okay, I'm, I'm just trailing off because I truly am in awe. Whoa, double rainbow all the way. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And then also, if you feel any inclination to go, I do want to let you know that I was told they're raising their prices very soon. Um, so by June or if not earlier. So if you do want to book, book before June. And then of course, if you want to, uh, list me as the referral, then you need to book by like April 11th, 2020. But man, like all I can say is if you decide to go, you know, you're going to feel resistance and that's okay. Like when I first booked, like, like I said, I knew immediately when I heard Catherine talking about it on her podcast, I knew instantly that I had to go. Like it was no question. And I instantly booked. I was so excited. I almost felt like it was a dream. I was so excited about it. I was so excited in the weeks leading up. But then about two weeks before I was supposed to leave to Costa Rica, I started feeling all this resistance, resistance, anxiety, nervousness, doubt, you know, like, oh crap, like what have I done? You know, like, was that the right choice? Maybe I shouldn't go. All of these things started coming up. And when I talked to people there at Rhythmia, I realized it wasn't just me. It's very, very common to start feeling that resistance. But let me tell you, it will be the best experience. It will be life-changing as long as you go in with no expectation of what has to happen. And if you go in and just completely surrender and trust and just trust that you're going to get exactly what you need, if that's all you go in with, which 
you know, that's what I did. And of course the three intentions that they give you at Rhythmia, if you go in like that, your life will be changed. It does not matter what has happened in your past, you know, at what age, whatever kind of trauma it was, you might not even remember because maybe you suppressed it. It will be healed. You're going to get exactly what you need. And every single person's journey is completely different because we're all in different places in our lives. We all have, you know, different, we're different people. So every single experience is going to be different per person. So if you're listening to this right now, like don't expect your experience to be like mine. It's going to be very different. And that's really cool. Like every person's experience is completely different. So don't go in, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to see things like Allison did or you know, I'm going to have the same because you won't. I mean, you you might. I don't know. You're going to have it's just very it's completely different for everybody. So I wanted to share my experience, but don't try to put my experience on your experience. Go in with no expectations and you're going to get exactly what you need, whether it's, you know, I don't know, whatever it is that you need. So there is that. So go give them a call if you are feeling compelled to do so. But yeah, just uh, that's really it. Um, I'll, I'll end it now because it's been a one, one hour and 43 minutes. But if you enjoyed this episode, then feel free to take a screenshot of it on your phone and share it with me on Instagram stories or on your Instagram feed. And be sure to tag me at Wonderlass and let me know of any ha-has or if you have any questions, I'm really happy to answer your questions or literally just whatever. Um, but just remembering that I'm not going to be responding to the type of messages that are basically saying, I'm sorry, you're lost and I'm going to pray for your soul. Like I, I'm not going to read or respond to those. So please respect that, you know, the fact that I have shared this very personal raw journey. Um, I respect you. Um, and I would just ask for the same. So we don't have to, you know, you don't, we don't have to agree, you know, let's just be all respectful. And this is just a laugh lesson in general, just be respectful of people and love each other, even when we don't agree with each other, we don't have to agree with each other. And that's okay, we can still love each other and show each other just grace and, and you know, compassion. So that is it, my friend. This has been an insane episode, like nothing I've ever done before. Don't worry, you know, there's gonna <laughs> there's gonna be, you know, much more quote unquote normal episodes to come. However, I am planning on going back to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca again, probably around 12 months, maybe a little more, a little less. Um, some people go back and that's because there's always more to learn. You can always go deeper. So it's not like a one for some people, it is a one-time thing. Um, but sometimes you also feel the nudge to go back and to go deeper. There's always more you can learn. There's always more healing. Plus the the vibe there is amazing. The people there are amazing. So people go back for the vibe and the tribe, as they say. So I'm definitely going back and I am looking forward to just hopefully inspiring as many people to go as possible because holy wow, I've said it once and I've said it again, absolutely 100% life changing. I'm a new person inside out physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So it's just been incredible. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. If you know of anyone that would benefit from this episode, um, then share it with them, you know, share it wherever, give them the link um, to, on my website, whatever, just do what you got to do, but share it with them. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for sharing this experience with me. And I cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Wait, don't go just yet. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would seriously love for you to let me know. Simply take a screenshot of yourself listening to today's episode, share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Wonderlast so that I can see it. And of course, 
feel free to share any insights, ahas, or lessons that you might have learned. Not only would this give me the warm fuzzies, but it would also help to spread the word about this podcast, which, if you enjoy it, would be one of the most meaningful ways that you could support the show. So take that screenshot, share it in your Insta stories, and tag me at Wonderlast. And who knows? I might just very well feature you on my Instagram. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.